You are live with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo here. I've got uh, my good friend Carmi Levy with me today to talk all things uh, tech. We are Canada's number one tech radio program. On today's show, we're going to learn uh, a little more about uh, smart home security, what you can do to uh, keep your home safe and sound during the holidays uh, using technology. And we're also going to have uh, a chat with the folks uh, at Tell Us Health about uh, one of their new medical alert pendants. Uh, I've actually had a chance to try this out uh, with my father, and it's pretty cool tech, and I want to explore a little more about it. Carmi, we uh, also are going to talk about uh, some AI stories. Uh, The European Union seems to uh, have some rules coming up. They've all agreed on on some stuff. And uh, some other alarming uh, news about AI, how it's uh, able to recognize passwords, and you won't you you won't believe how so we'll uh we'll tell you that so you're gonna have to stay tuned uh for later on in the program so carmy uh big story this week with tesla and it looks like uh the uh, u.s regulators uh, are all over them uh, about their kind of autopilot or their auto steer technology yeah this is really significant because we we often talk about autopilot we call it we talk about full self-driving uh you know these are the uh, often optional systems that you get on a tesla if you want to uh if you want to take advantage of tesla's uh partially autonomous technology um but what's significant here is that even if you bought and for now it's the us only but inevitably this will uh come to canada as canadian officials weigh in um it addresses the uh, auto steer feature, which is part of its standard on every Tesla, which basically means that nearly all of the 2 million vehicles that Tesla has delivered in the US over the last number of years that have this technology will be affected by this. Essentially, they're saying that um, it it is not, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, it is not uh, to, to standard. It does present a safety uh, concern um, and that, you know, when it uh, approaches a traffic signal and the driver isn't paying attention, it isn't enough to drive the car on its own and it could lead to an unsafe situation or even an accident. Um, so uh, they want the vehicles recalled, uh, they want this addressed and they want the company to change the way that it messages around these technologies to set appropriate expectations with uh, consumers so that they don't put too much trust in them. Uh, it is an, you know, we've, you know, you and I have talked about this many times before. Of course, you have a Tesla, and that was the first thing I mentioned to you when I found out you're the first person I wanted to reach out to because <laughs> I'm concerned. Anyone who has a Tesla should know this. It's coming. Um, but I think it's important. You know, we we have been having these ongoing discussions throughout society about autonomous technology for years. Tesla has been leading the charge for it. Uh, and, you know, anytime there's a safety concern when, you know, the marketing is in one place and the reality is in another, uh, we owe it to ourselves as a society to hit the pause button, hit the brakes and ask ourselves, are we using this appropriately? Is it putting us at unnecessary risk? This is one of those times. Yeah, it's kind of scary. I I love the auto steer function on on my Tesla. So essentially, it's kind of like a um, uh, adaptive cruise control and you know lane steering on steroids. You know what I mean? Like it'll keep my car in the lane. It'll make sure that I don't hit the cars in front of me. It'll keep pace with them, and I love it because my commute in the morning is as much as an hour. Uh, you know, well morning and and night uh, each mm-hmm. way. So it it actually gives me a lot of peace of mind. Uh, you know, with the auto steer. But yeah, you can't just 
start, you know, using your phone or, you know, reading a book. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, <laughs> but some people do, right? Some people do. They, they do. I've seen it in traffic. I mean, I, I commute both by car and by bike. And so I have ample time sitting in traffic to look around me and see what other people are doing. And um, I will often come across a Tesla where someone has uh, some part of the automation system turned on and they are completely disengaged from what's going on around them. You know, according to uh, best practice, according to the guidance from the company, guidance from safety officials, you should always have both hands on the wheels and you should be watching uh, and be ready to take over from the automation technology at a moment's notice as soon as something becomes apparent uh, but that isn't always the case and if you're you know you know if i see an individ individual texting or reading a book or having a nap i've seen people having naps um, they're obviously not in a state to take over from the technology in 2023 going into 2024 the technology is not perfect um, it is partially autonomous. It's not fully level five or level six where we can take a nap and the car will just do whatever it wants uh, in every situation. We still have to have human oversight. Uh, and unfortunately, that message doesn't seem to have gotten through. Um, and so there's there's a gap, there's disconnect between where the technology is right now um, and, and how we as drivers understand its capabilities. And unfortunately, that has led to accidents in the past. That has led to unnecessary injury and death um, and recalls like this which uh, the, the ask is to install a software update that ups the level of notification makes it harder to ignore the notifications if you aren't paying attention um, but even that probably won't be enough uh, because we will still have people getting in the cars thinking this is very Jetsons like that the car will take me wherever it wants to go uh, and I don't have to do anything that is simply not the case now and it won't be the case for a while and we'll probably have more recalls over the next little while as the industry figures out what kind of software, what kind of warnings, what kind of notifications do we need to make sure that that human component um, isn't having a nap while the car is driving? Well, it's interesting. You know, when you say recall in the old days, uh, you know, basically people would have to bring their car in to, you know, the uh, uh, the auto dealership to get whatever they needed to fix. But uh, like you were saying, this is an over the air software update. And I think it's going to happen as early as Tuesday, from what I understand. Yeah, uh, this is, and that's one of the joys of having this this kind of technology that uh, Tesla has pioneered on a large scale. They really are the first car maker that has uh, moved toward over-the-air updates. The, the car sits in your driveway. It's well within the Wi-Fi network of your home. Um, and while you sleep, it automatically receives and installs software updates, much like your smartphone, your tablet, or your laptop. Uh, and so the fact that this capability is there means you don't have to go to a dealer, not that there are Tesla dealers anyway, uh, or not that there's enough Tesla servicing capacity. The, the update happens in your driveway in a matter of hours, not days, weeks, or months. Uh, the rest of the industry is slowly moving in that direction, but with other vendors, it's a your mileage may vary kind of scenario. Not everyone has as seamless an over-the-air update process as Teslas do. In fact, it's one of the reasons why people buy Teslas over other vehicles, because that infrastructure simply works really well. And in this case, it probably will save lives because it'll mean that you won't have millions of vehicles on the road with back-leveled software that's less safe than it needs to be. That safety update is going to take effect within days, which I think is remarkable. Did I tell you... Um... I went into a Tesla dealership they, uh, in Langley, BC. Uh, they've got the Cybertruck mm -hmm. there on display. Oh, uh, did they let you in? Did they let you play with it? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. Behind the velvet rope, how oh, could they? <laughs> oh, yeah, they have like complete 
completely roped it off so you can't touch it in in any no. way yeah oh. but well uh, probably, they probably didn't want you putting your fingerprints on that lovely stainless steel i guess but my, still my grimy fingers yeah uh <laughs> but yeah it's it's interesting looking I, I was with my wife and she just she thinks it's the stupidest thing she's ever seen because it, it it looks like something out of a, a video game but, sure, but yeah. but that's that's the point. You know, if you look at most vehicles today, they tend to follow a very similar template. I mean, SUVs are SUVs; they're giant two-box blobs. And so, you know, to go back to and and yeah, do I think it's ridiculous that it looks like something that an elementary school kid would be drawing on the back <laughs> of his notebook? Absolutely. And in fact, if I pulled out my elementary school notebooks, they'd they'd probably be designed similar to the Cybertruck. But I think it's it, it's it's I'm a I'm a fan when a company has the guts to produce something that out there, that edge of the bell curve um, that isn't conventional, isn't doesn't look quote unquote normal, uh, doesn't look like a blob like everything else on the road. And so is it ridiculous? Absolutely. But I think the world needs ridiculous uh, and the world needs some automakers to create the weird models that may not sell in huge numbers and who knows how this is going to sell long term. They'll sell everything they can to the ardent fans. But once you get into mainstream America that buys pickups uh, to do work, uh, who knows? But that doesn't matter. Uh, the fact that they even tried, I think, is notable. And I really hope the rest of the auto industry pays attention and says, you know, sometimes we should swing for the fences. Sometimes we should get rid of the focus groups, get rid of the spreadsheets, forget the data, uh, and just do something that makes us feel a little bit of emotion. And uh, arguably, whether you like it or not, you stand on the curb and watch a Cybertruck drive by, you will feel something. And I can't say that about any other vehicle on the road. Yeah, so I, I went through all that with my wife, but she still thinks it looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I will still be whipping out my camera the first time I see one. So uh, I you know and, and and I think that's the the industry has shifted toward vehicles that people don't really have an emotional connection to. No one argues about Toyota Camrys, uh, but they yeah. will argue about cyber. So let's let let's have more vehicles that we can argue about. Uh, I prefer a world like that. We've got a great contest going right now. It's a smart home security package uh, the Telus folks have uh, graciously provided. It's well worth over $1,000. Uh, you get a bunch of security cams uh, for your home and much, much more. We also have a secret word, so you're going to have to stick around till the end of the show to get that secret word to get extra entries. But if you want to find out more information and get uh, entered in to begin with, get connectedmedia.com. When we come back from the break, so much more to talk about. We're going to be talking about uh, AI later on and how some AI technology can recognize our passwords now, and we'll tell you how. Plus, uh, we will uh, also be talking uh, about really cool uh, medical alert uh, pendant, uh, the latest in technology to, to keep your loved ones safe. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Holiday uh, season is uh, upon us. And uh, as such, I uh, want to talk uh, a little bit more about uh, smart home security. It's something that we uh, try to touch on uh, from time to time. And... Uh, We've got a great guest with us. Uh, we've had him on before. His name is Aaron Harburn. He is with uh, TELUS, uh, the TELUS Smart Home Security uh, folks. Thanks again for uh, joining us, uh, Aaron. Thanks for having me back, Mike. Great to be here. So, you know, it, we get pretty busy here in uh, the holiday uh, season. When it comes to smart home security, uh, why should we be concerned about uh, that now? Yeah, the, 
That, that great question, Mike. Uh, holiday season is a busy time for us and all Canadians. Whether you're planning to stay local or, or head out of town to spend time with, with loved ones, a smart home uh, system can help optimize your day-to-day life during this hectic period and provide you greater peace of mind. There are a few really key benefits with a tele-smart home security system that we feel are extra appreciated during the holiday season. First is remote monitoring. Many Canadians travel during the holidays, leaving their homes unattended, and a smart home security system allows homeowners to remotely monitor their properties using their smartphone and connected devices. And this real-time monitoring can help provide added peace of mind and the ability to take immediate action if needed. And since your system is connected to our monitoring professionals, we've got a whole team that can alert you, your emergency contacts, and if necessary, first responders if anything should happen to go wrong. During the holidays, we also see holiday lighting. Um, and whether it's programming your lights to turn on and off when your family is, is uh, away from home, or having your lights automatically come on when video or motion is detected around your property, or if it's simply automating the time to give your holiday lights throughout your house. Smart home security systems help simplify that hectic holiday season while adding just a less little festive feeling this time of year. The final thing I would talk about is smart thermostats. And we all know when it's cold out there, it can have a real impact on your energy bills. In today's economy, we're all looking for ways to save. Smart thermostats can be programmed to automatically optimize the temperature based on your daily needs, lowering the temperature when you're gone and warming things up when you're back. And let's face it, efficiently heating your home is not only good for your pocketbook, but it's also a win for the environment and our greenhouse gas emissions too. You know, it's a good point there with the smart thermostats. Uh, you know, when I installed mine uh, a few years ago, I, I noticed uh, the savings because uh, it knows when to turn the temperature up and down just kind of based on your behavior. And, and, and you can program, you know, whatever you want, of course. Uh, but, you know, it, it can add up to hundreds of dollars uh, a, a year, you know, if you're, you're using it uh, properly. I, I guess the one appealing thing is that all of this is in one interface, right? Like whether it's the smart lighting or the thermostat or the cameras. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Um, and that allows you to do things like routines, right? You can start to put things together, right? So you're a great example on the thermostat, a smart thermostat. You can program that. Any smart thermostat, you can, you can program that. And the very best of them have sort of learning behaviors that start to replicate what, what you've done. But when you integrate that into a service like TELUS's smart home security service, you can think about how one action can generate another action. When I leave my whole house, I arm my system. And when I arm my system, it can automatically turn down like that. And the ability to put multiple actions together is one of the key differentiators of having an all-encompassing smart home and security solution. Uh, you know, when it comes to um, the the holiday, um, and sorry, I'm just going to pick this up again here, just a moment, two seconds. My questions just appeared here. So, what about um, like leak detection? Do you have um, like a solution for that as well? Like when you know we're in Canada, right? It <laughs> things things freeze, pipes burst, and if you're not home, um, you know you might not find out about it for a long time, which you know could cause a lot of damage. I'm glad. I'm glad you asked me about it, Mike. Um, and anyone that's experienced a flood in your home um, knows the cost and hassle that that can that can bring. And our system has the ability to integrate um, small water sensors that you can place in your toilets, dishwashers, washing machines, and sump pumps to detect 
water issues and alert you immediately. I've personally experienced an issue with a sub pump failure in my home, not a great experience, but I did have the water sensors in place and I was so appreciative of the alerts I got on my phone and even the calls I got from our monitoring station, notifying me that these, that an issue was happening. Um, had I had not had these devices in place, um, I would have definitely been facing a major hassle, a nasty cleanup and a, likely an expensive restoration project. So if I'm, uh, you know, someone that wants to get this, uh, you know, security system installed in my home, you know, I can get a basic package with some cameras, maybe a, a smart lock. How, e- how, how easy is it to add new devices as, as stuff comes out? Like how, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, Mike, we have a, a full list of compatible devices that you can find off our, our website. So that's just telos.com slash smart home of uh, uh, devices and new devices that can integrate with your systems. And uh, through our applications, we have the ability for you to uh, self-install additional devices um, that you add to your system, or we have the ability to support you through green technicians across the country that can come to your home and make sure your your system is optimized for the way that you want to use it. And so do we, do, you know, would they buy the devices through you or would they go wherever they want? How does that work? It can be a mix, Mike. Um, you can buy the devices directly from from us, or you can buy some of our some devices independently. Um, and again, I just steer consumers back to the telus.com slash smart home site where you can see a full com- list of compatible devices for our, our platform. But again, if they go with with you folks, um, then then you support all the devices. Like if there's any challenges or questions, they can go right to you. Hundred percent, um, Mike. That's one of the key differentiators we br- we believe what we bring. Um, not not only are we taking extra effort to make sure those things work properly for you, we have trained uh, representatives that are available twenty four seven to support you over the phone, and we have technicians, highly skilled and trained technicians, that can come to your house to make sure everything's working properly. We've been talking with Aaron Harburn. He's uh, with Telus Smart Home uh, Security, uh, not just security, but all sorts of home automation. I just love how it, it has become a lot easier. I remember in the old days, you know, if we were going to be gone for, you know, a few days or a week, you could actually buy these little, you know, timers for your lights. But it was just like insane trying to figure out how to program. You almost had to have like a, a college degree uh, in, in that. So it's nice that you can just do it from one simple, uh, you know, smart uh, smartphone uh, interface, which is uh, kind of uh, cool. Uh, Aaron, I, I want to thank you for joining us again on the, the program. And we'll have to have you back on uh, again to, to learn about all the new stuff coming up. Mike, I always appreciate it. Thanks for the discussion today. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Uh, I want to talk about some technology that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I have uh, an aging father, and uh, of course, I'm very concerned about him. I'm primary caregiver uh, as well. So some of the things I'm concerned about is, uh, you know, his overall health and uh, things like falls. Well, there is technology out there to give me more peace of mind. And on the line, we've uh, got our guest from TELUS Health. His name is Chris Angst. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Nice to meet you, Mike. Glad to be here. Uh, this is uh, a really cool new device. Uh, I've uh, actually done a previous video on uh, your um, companion series of uh, products uh, that are kind of like a, a home and on-the-go monitoring system. And now you have uh, a really cool new one. It's called the Telus Health Medical Alert Pendant. And uh, this gives uh, all sorts of different uh, uh, features to it. It's got things like fall detection, location tracking, and also 
uh, an app for caregivers to keep on top of it all uh, all as well. Did I kind of summarize that, Chris? Yeah, I know exactly, Mike. Um, we've had devices, medical alert devices for the last several years in the marketplace. But one of the pieces of feedback that we kept getting from our customers and clients was, how do you get more connected with the caregiver who might be supporting you at the same time? I, I think that's super important. Um, I, I know there's devices out there that have things like fall detection, but I think what makes this a little bit different is that it's truly like a 24-7 uh, kind of monitored uh, device. If uh, your loved one needs any help, they can just push the button, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So there's so some basics about the the product. So um, we just launched this exciting new device recently. And what's neat about it, first off, is it's very small and light. In fact, it's the lightest and smallest product on the marketplace. So that's great for users. You can wear it around your neck. Uh, you could put it on your belt clip if you wanted to. And um, it is connected to a caregiver app. So what's fantastic about that is that, um, you know, if you're a caregiver, which many of us are roughly, I think there's about 8 million caregivers, they define them mainly as family members in Canada were providing support for a loved one is if um, your your father or your mother is wearing this device and they happen to have a fall, you get alerted, which is quite which is quite unique. Um, I was talking with somebody the other day who has one of our devices for their parent. And one of the things that he told me was um, his dad would have a fall and he wouldn't mention anything about it to him. So he would say after the fact, oh, maybe I fall or something happened. And his son was like, why wouldn't you tell me about this? So I think um, the response always back was, I didn't want to bother you with it. It's okay. I'm fine. But what's really innovative about this is that you get connected in. So if your father was wearing this mic and they had that fall, you would immediately be sent either, um, you can get a text message through your phone. You can also connect it to your email address and you'll be notified that that individual had a fall. That's important because I, you know, uh, my dad has an Apple watch as well and he's fallen a few times, but he, he basically, when the alert comes up, uh, cause the, the watch has detected that he's fallen and it says, you know, Hey, uh, I'm going to call emergency services and, you know, unless you deactivate it and he always just deactivates it and then no one ever knows <laughs> that he's, he's fallen. So I, I love that, you know, uh, your, your monitored service will actually, uh, you know, contact the caregivers just so that they know as well, which I think is super important. Well, and they also will contact you, Mike. So that's another fantastic um, component of the feature too. So if you have a fall, we will detect whoever you have who um, has been um, connected into the app. So if it was yourself, you know, another family member, it could be a brother or sister or your spouse. um, What our, our monitoring station will do is they will go through the list of individuals who are part of that service and they will contact you. Um, if they don't, aren't able to get in contact with anyone, and if they're not able to connect with the individual who's wearing the device because it has a two-way voice control, what we will do then is we will immediately call, we'll, we'll dispatch emergency services to your home. So that's a great feature. And then what's also neat on top of that is, is um, oftentimes people ask what happened next, right, in terms of what happened after the fact. So our modern station will follow up with the people who are within your contact list to say that the individual was okay or if there is any follow-up required. Uh, this has location tracking as well. So if uh, you, your loved one maybe perhaps has dementia and kind of wanders off, you can actually track them down with this as well. Yes, exactly. So it's connected through Wi-Fi, uh, GPS, LTE. So you you can see that. So um, if, if you, know, you have a loved one who's wearing it, um, with their permission, you can um, you can see where they're located. So again, that's a great feature of it. 
It also has another fantastic feature, which I think um, we're finding is really valuable from users, which is what we call first motion in the morning. So again, with consent, um, what it allows you to do is to see um, did your loved one, did they get up in the morning? I think this is often a worry for people who are caring for older individuals, which is, is did that person have an incident in the night? Um, did they get up safely? So just even getting that first motion in the morning um, message through text message or through email, it's just, it really adds to that peace of mind. Um, you know, for myself, as an example, my mother, she she actually lives with us. I won't mention her age because she might get mad at me if I mention her age um, uh, live on air. But it's something <laughs> where um, I'm fortunate because uh, she's in our home with us. But I just think for people where my mother, um, I'm based in Vancouver, if she was in Toronto or somewhere across the country, not having that level of connectivity, I think this just adds that level of peace of mind and security and connection between two individuals that hasn't existed before. And let's just talk about the the overall durability of this device. Like how solid is this thing? Can it take being, you know, a, you know, a, a tumble, you know, is it waterproof? How does that all work? Yeah, it's, um, it's extremely durable. It's also very small. So um, as I mentioned before, it's, it's the lightest device in the market. And I guess that's very important for individuals too. So it's a very light, it's very small. It has a battery life of six days, which is considered to be best in class. If you don't use the caregiver app as, a, as another tip too, you can actually have up to 16 days of battery life, which is phenomenal. So battery life is very important. Um, it's water resistant, so you can wear it in the shower if you want it. And um, it's also available um, where we have bilingual monitoring support. But on top of that, um, we have translation services. So if you're talking with somebody from our monitoring center, we support up to 240 different languages. Wow. The battery life is an important thing. I, I know, you know, again, there's some devices out there. Some people are using the Apple Watch, but they have to remember to charge that thing every day. So if you can get between six to 16 days of battery life, that that makes a huge difference. It's funny, right? Because I know I, I have a watch too, and it's one of those things where you think, oh, it's just so simple to take it off and to charge it. But it's one of those little things where, you know, everything from a convenience standpoint matters. So um, it comes with um, a little charging station, a docking station. You can put it in. Um, again, if you're using the caregiver app, you get about six days. It also gives you low battery notifications too. So if the battery is getting low, you get a notification if the battery is low. Also, if somebody's connected to the caregiver app, they'll get that notification too. So just having that extended life, we found again, is it's just a real nice value-added feature for people who are using the service. And so people uh, will want to know, what is the cost? Like, how much does this cost to buy this device? Yeah, so the, the device right now so um, is uh, $60 per month, and that includes um, the device itself, plus the 24-7 access to our emergency-trained monitoring uh, station. You know, that's that's actually pretty cheap when you get that peace of mind. I mean, that's literally a couple bucks a day <laughs> to keep uh, you know, on top of the health of, uh, you know, your, your loved, your loved one or family member. It is. And I think it's one of those things too. Um, you know, um, you know, if you think about some of the statistics in terms of, um, older Canadians right now, um, not many people know this, but roughly there's about 7 million people who are over the age of 65. And, uh, so it's about one fifth of the population and that's estimated to go grow to about 11 million people by 2040. So about a quarter of the population is going to be over 65 years old and um, people are living longer and they want to stay home, right? So they want to be able to stay in their home. So I think having that peace of mind where, you know, you've got a state-of-the-art device, you have that connectivity that's seamless with a loved one 
and you have got that 24-7 monitoring your safety net is really, really valuable. And again, I think people who are using the service today, I think for both the individual and uh, the caregiver, it is about that peace of mind and the security. We also, Mike, we get lots of um, people who send us um, uh, testimonials where they like to talk about the service. And, um, uh, you know, it's not just about falls. It's about just safety in general. So one of them that stuck out in my mind was an individual who sent us a testimonial who um, uh, they had the the the, um, um, the medical alert device on and um, uh, they were getting blurry vision and they were brushing their teeth at the time and they were having trouble brushing their teeth. And uh, they were not sure why. And so they pushed the button on the device and um, they were actually suffering from a stroke. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you think about that, too, in terms of it's not just about falls. Think about that as that safety net that you have as an older individual, um, regardless of the type of situation that's occurring. And that person, they, they indicated that if it wasn't for the device, they may not be still living today. No, because they might not be coherent enough to go and get their phone and then dial the phone. You know, like it's just like one push of a button. It's a push of the button. And again, you know, also, um, you know, if you think about falls in the home too for for older individuals, um, the majority of them, first off, they do happen in the household. And most people are actually alone when it happens. Yeah. So you're alone, you're, you're, you know, you're having a situation where you could be having a stroke like that example, or you just fall. Again, it's, it's, it's that time that is super valuable in terms of being able to get support in a timely fashion. We're uh, talking with Chris Angst uh, from TELUS Health all about uh, one of their new devices for uh, helping look after your uh, aging loved ones is the TELUS Health Medical Alert Pendant. Uh, where can they go to find out more information about this, Chris? Uh, the simplest thing to do would be to go to our website or you can just do a quick Google search, TELUS Health Medical Alert, and it'll show up and you can get all of the information you'd like there to learn more about the product and how to order it. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Thanks for having me, Mike. Have a good day. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned here on Get Connected. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here. Got Carmi Levy with uh, me today. Going to get a little into uh, AI as we uh, usually do. There's uh, so much happening in that world. Uh, it's always uh, important that I think we keep on top of that. And uh, we'll move uh, right uh, away to the EU, the European Union. They've agreed on uh, landmark artificial intelligence rules. Uh, I think they're kind of... Uh, you know, one of the first uh, jurisdictions uh, to to start really hammering this out. Yeah, this is big. The EU is always at the forefront of legislation on tech. So they've they've done it with privacy. They've done it with competition. They've done it with comp- with content moderation. And now they're turning their attention toward AI. It's called the AI Act. Uh, and 27 countries in the EU have agreed on this law. They had some marathon negotiations going on uh, right up until the last minute. They've been talking about it for five years, and it, it's finally just about ready. Uh, and it's it's over the line. Everyone agrees that it's, it is close to its final form. Um, and what matters about this is it's really the first comprehensive attempt by any free nation, you know, free group of nations, and we'll get to that in a moment, uh, to, to regulate artificial intelligence, to work with the industry, work with all stakeholders to squeeze the most utility out of it in other words help companies create technologies that save lives that that help the help the economy that help people but also protect us from the worst kinds of abuses have our cake and eat it too uh, and if if companies step over the line or if anyone steps over the line that there are very specific uh punishments for them up to and including uh 
fines that could amount to about 7% of global revenues, which is, means it's a law that has serious teeth. Don't play by the rules. It's going to cost you to the point that you may not be in business anymore. So the EU means business. Uh, they always have. And whenever they enact a law on some cutting edge new technology, the rest of the world watches because inevitably, as Canada, as the US, as other countries incorporate their own laws, they often use the EU's initial law as a template. And that's exactly what's going to happen here. Uh, you know, I've been talking about this for a couple of days since it first came out and people have been going, well, China had one as well. And China China did introduce earlier this year a, a piece of legislation that looks similar to the AI Act. But what's different about China, of course, is it's China. This is not a democracy. This is not uh, a, you know, a nation whose legislation sets a precedent for anyone in, uh, you know, the rest of the, the, you know, the world where, you know, freedom is a thing. So um, certainly, you know, China's uh, legislation was notable, but it certainly doesn't set a precedent for the rest of us. The EU does. Uh, and I think we owe it to ourselves to to keep a close eye on that and also hold our uh, lawmakers to account. We do have a law in the in in the pipeline. It's called Bill C-27. Um, and, uh, and, and it does contain uh, legislation on specific to artificial intelligence as well as privacy. Uh, and so that, of course, will evolve over time, largely based on the experience that we're seeing happen in Europe now. So major, major inflection point in the history of AI. Governments are finally getting with it. Uh, and now it looks like we have a global template for how how that's going to happen. Well, as I'd been teasing uh, earlier on the show, uh, AI can now potentially, well, not potentially, but can uh, guess our passwords. And by, by listening to the sound of how we type them in on our keyboard... Yeah, and and it's it's because of these kinds of capabilities, which can be used to you know cause all sorts of abuse. Uh, that's why we have to have laws like the EU AI, AI Act in place uh, to protect us against abuses like this. So the good news is right now this is just a research project from a couple of universities in the UK, Durham University and Royal Holloway University, uh, and and uh, and so it's not commercially available. This is not in the hands of hackers, but it does show what's possible. And just even it being a possibility is enough to terrify me. What they did was they took a standard laptop that most of us would use a, a recent macbook pro and they they then they took an iphone and used the iphone to record the sounds of people typing particularly their passwords and they recorded it thousands and thousands of times uh, and then what they did was they they took all of those recordings and they fed them through an artificial intelligence platform to teach uh teach it the the subtle sounds of specific key presses and here's the thing something we don't realize when we're using say uh, a laptop like a MacBook or or a ThinkPad or any kind of standard machine, they all have a very unique sound signature when we type on them. And each key, by by virtue of where it's located on the deck and how your fingers interact with it, has a different signature. It sounds different. So the Q sounds very different than the P, which sounds very different than the return button, which sounds very different than the period. Uh, and so if you teach an AI that, those subtle differences, wouldn't it make sense that you could then listen to somebody typing and be able to guess their password? Well, they developed a system using the assistance of AI that is able to do that, listen to people typing passwords, and guess it with a 95% accuracy. 
In other words, if I'm in the middle of a Starbucks and I'm just logging into my bank account, someone could be sitting next to me with an, an iPhone or something recording the audio and could literally sniff my password out of the air by listening to it and then use that to uh, to you know launch an identity theft attack or a financial fraud attack on me. So um, it's a proof of concept, but it shows that the technology is there and it shows another terrifying application of artificial intelligence if we're not if we're not aware of it. We need to be. And again, we need laws like the AI Act to better protect ourselves against the kinds of things that we're seeing emerge from research labs today. Carmi, that is freaky. Like, can you imagine being in a coffee shop or, you know, some public area and someone is listening in on some device, whether like as simple as an iPhone recording you and they can get your username and password that that is freaky. Oh, absolutely. I think that's the perfect word to describe it. As soon as I read this story, I, I, I felt chilled down to the base of my spine because who among us hasn't spent time in a coffee shop uh, and where that scenario could very well play out? Um, and, and I love going to coffee shops and you know just to find a different place to get some work done, pop my laptop open and go. Um, and you don't even think about it, but with that capability, it certainly is possible. And there are ways, the researchers recommend that there are ways around it you can use, for example, two-factor authentication, add another layer. You can use biometrics so that you're not typing. So facial recognition, uh, fingerprint recognition, things like that. So there are there are ways to defeat it or at least make it more difficult for someone using that kind of attack uh, to, 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 to get into your account. Uh, but the very fact that it's out there, I think, is frightening and it's sobering. It makes us realize that, oh, geez, there is a dark side to this AI thing. And unfortunately, there's some people who would use it against us. What I like about this is that it's a bunch of good guy researchers who decided to show this is possible, maybe, you know, and, and we're going to share it with the world now so that we can better protect ourselves. But, you know, bear in mind, the bad guys are watching, too, and they're probably already figuring out how they're going to be using it in a Starbucks near you. Well, some other tips that they recommended is that you use 10 finger typing, uh, but not all of us do that. Like I'm a, <laughs> I'm a two finger typer, so I'm dead, right? Uh, but also use uh, things like special characters and upper and lowercase because uh, all of that apparently drops down the accuracy of the AI guessing the password. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the more complex you make the password, the harder it is for the AI to do what it does and the precision level does drop. They also recommend using password management apps like 1Password or Dashlane or Bitwarden. Um, and, and and do not use LastPass because, of course, they had a huge breach uh, earlier this year. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, you're replacing one form of risk with another. But uh, yeah. certainly a legitimate password management app means that you don't have to even type in the password at all. Um, and that also is notable. And also just, you know, then there's the physical security aspect when you are out and about always be mindful whenever you're using any electronic device of who is around you um, and if you're not comfortable if you think that someone is snooping on you uh, find some other place to do your stuff that's all the time we have left for the program. I want to thank Carmi Levy for uh, joining me today. Don't forget to enter our contest, giving away a $1,000 smart home security package from the folks at uh, Tell Us Smart Home Security. And uh, the secret word this week is safety. You go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. That'll get you some extra ballots into the contest. Again, I want to thank all the folks that help uh, put the program together. And we will see you again next time. Mike and Carmi logging off.